From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Collins Sabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I remember the old rugged cross, my salvation, where your love was poured out over me and over us. We stand here in Madia and we give you thanks, we give you praise. Thank you for your involvement in our lives and in our ministries. Thank you for even first coming to look for us here on earth. Over 2,000 years ago, you sent yourself, your son, into this dark world to look for us. You found us, you helped us, you saved us. Thank you for your purpose and your plans for our lives. Thank you for bringing us together like this here. I pray that, Lord, you speak to us. You affect our lives, you affect our ministries. And that we will not leave these meetings that we've come to the same as we came. Thank you, Father, for your love and your kindness. In Jesus' name, somebody said, Amen. God bless you so much. You may be seated. God bless you. I want to say a very, very big thank you to um, Reverend Aubrey Skeet um, for this wonderful um, opportunity to be in Madi again for the second time in eight years. My last visit was eight years ago. Eight years ago, I, I came in here. Um, that time I came, with a, I came with public transport, so I think I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> I was a child then. <laughs> the Bible says when you're a child, you think like a child, isn't it? But when you grow, you have to put away childish things. And so, like he said perfectly, this is just God. This is just the timings and the doings of the Lord. And it reminds me of Kwakwani. When Kwakwani about two weeks ago, it was the same thing. Because about since 2006, um, you know, one or two people have wanted me to visit Kwakwani. And somehow, it didn't happen until two weeks ago. That's about, well, 2006, this is about, what, 16 years ago. And it's God's timing. And, and when we went there, by the grace of God, you know, we're able to accomplish um, something for the, to the glory of God. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about uh, this trip and um, how God has brought us. Um, I just want to thank God also for keeping us and bringing us. I think we lost some number plates. But it's not a problem. Just $1,000. We'll put it back when we get to town. The main thing is to go back to town. Safe. Even without number plates, it's okay. You can drive home as long as our engines are working. Amen. So God bless you. Put your hands together for Reverend Skeets and his wonderful wife, the church family. Give him a praise. Give him thanks. God bless you, Reverend. Second time here in Madia. I have one special church member who is also from Madia. So when we come here, we feel like we've come to a village. Everybody knows her. They call her Brown Eye. My girl, we thank God that he, she's also with us here. Now, um, the session is going to be in just a, a, a few parts. I just want to welcome all the ministers here. 
this morning. God bless you wherever you came from. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Normally, when you go to places on a Friday morning, people don't have time to come. They like the evening ones. And I'm sure tonight the place is going to be packed. There's a difference between people when it comes to God. Are you with me? Um, the first part is just to talk about Give Thyself Holy Process Association, of which um, Reverend Skid is an active member of. Hallelujah. First Timothy. It's chapter 4, isn't it? If you know that scripture. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. The Bible says that meditate upon these things. Isn't it? Meditate upon these things. Give thyself holy. Give thyself holy to them. The apostle was giving some instructions to his son, Timothy. And he was saying that he should give himself completely to them. And and that they will help him to profit. Those things that he's going to give himself to, to the ministry, it is going to bring him profit. So the association is based on this scripture. And, And we try to do everything by the word of God. There's nothing that was made without the word of God. The gospel of John tells us in the first chapter. And so everything we do as Christians and as a pastor, everything I do and I stand for is in the Bible. And we try to do what the Bible tells us to do because that is our responsibility. And so give thyself holy. This is, this is to tell us that if you are called into ministry, which many people are called, the scripture says many are called. Many people are called into ministry. Against the background of few that are chosen. The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22, verse 14. Most of the time, we focus on the few that are chosen rather than the many that are called. There are a lot of people here who are called. You'll be surprised that you are called. And so, if you are called by God, the idea and the conviction should be that you give yourself completely to it. And to him. There's nobody else who is more important than God. And to be chosen. Look at you and look at me. Imperfect people. Full of issues. Reverend said the, the filthy rags. He doesn't want to go into the filthy. If we were to go into the filthy. I tell you. We will not be here in the church. You get it. And so a God as our God. A God of the nature and caliber of our God calls you into ministry. You have to give yourself completely to it. You realize that most of the time when God calls us, we engage in other activities. And so, during the pandemic, the Lord laid upon my heart to start a pastor's association. I mean, I was a quiet man in my corner. It's people who talk my name that make people know me. They know about me, but they don't know me. A lot of people know about our church. You say Lighthouse. They say, ah, I know the church, but they don't know me. My experience in Guyana is that people talk without analyzing or reasoning about things. And so if you are going to listen to what people say, you are going to, be, you are going to, you are going to make a lot of mistakes. 
you need to analyze and assess things before you make up your mind. But there are people who are in a generation where a lot of things are said, social media, this, this, this. So people don't analyze things deeply. And so what happens is that God spoke to me about this association during the pandemic. And so somebody who is very quiet, I'm very quiet. I'm in my corner. I, I hardly, I hardly, it is the gift that self-association that has actually made me relate to a lot of pastors now the last two years. Which me, I'm, I'm surprised about it. Because sometimes people are very skeptical about who to relate with and all of that. So by the grace of God, we have built a church. I have so many pastors. I have so many church members. My friends, my, my brothers, my sisters, are my church members and my pastors. And so I have been, um, I have been, if you want to call it, satisfied and complacent with that for many years. But I don't need anybody else in my life but all these people that... I came with 16 people by road. 17. I'm number 18. I came with 17 people from Georgetown. I have, I have people who love me and I love them. I don't need anybody else in my life. Pastor Calvin, no? Yeah, no, no, we are very happy in our church, in our lives. And so when God spoke to me about it, it was a very difficult uh, thing for me, but I, I, I gave it, I gave it a shot. And we've started, and as I say, Reverend Skid is part of it. As much as it's difficult sometimes for him to join the meetings, he contributes on the platform more than many people in Georgetown. Reverend Skid, you have to give you a prize, a medal. Yeah, you, you are more active. And you can see, you can feel it that, I mean, even though as he's aging, there's still fire inside of him. Can, can, can you feel the fire when he comes on stage? You can feel the fire. And if you're a young person here, you need to catch that fire. You need to catch that fire. Yeah, so that we can continue the light for the lost. We, the light for the lost will continue to be the light for the lost over here. Many people don't regard these things. That's why we've come. That we are, God is looking for like-minded people. I am full-time. I am full-time in the ministry. Everybody, all the 17 people who came with me, they all have jobs. I don't do nothing. All I do is God and church. For 17 years. I don't do business. I don't have a truck that brings goods into the interior. I don't have some truck. I don't teach extra classes on Zoom. I don't do no English. I don't do any. What I do is ministry. And you realize that it is difficult for many people that God has called to do that. They think that you are unique or somebody is special. No. God rather wants you to decide to hand over your life completely to him. Because he can take care of you. You just don't believe it. That's why. He can take care of you. He can. He can. I am surprised at what God has done in my life all these 17 years. And so, that is why we came here. People of like mind, you know, to come together as an association. This is a national association. This is not like maybe you have Madia Ministers Fellowship. You know, that, that's very simple because you don't even have to drive. You can walk. I walk from where I'm staying to here. I, I, I like the walk. This one that God has given me, it is a national pastors association. And you know Guyana probably better than me. I know Guyana more than the people I brought, but maybe you know Guyana more than me. <laughs> that to have 
pastors from the 10 regions to join an association. Number one, to meet physically is a challenge. To meet physically is a challenge. And so our meetings are based on internet based. Once a year, in February now, we will ask all our members to come for a conference in uh, the West Bank. That's where I am based now. West Bank Demerara in Canal Number 2, uh, Polder. We're building our headquarters there. It's more spacious for everybody. So every February now, annually, we have a conference where we ask all our pastors, give themselves only pastors to come, you know, we program in such a way that, you know, one or two people can have the opportunity to, um, uh, besides me, you know, um, share and, and encourage the congregation, all of that. We had a very successful conference last February. Three days. Three days, four days, morning to night, morning to night, three days. Not every man of God who has a certain mindset. But God is, what I've heard over the years is how righteousness exalts a nation and Guyana is for Jesus, Guyana is for God. In fact, recently our president declared a national day of prayer, which I have my opinion about it, which I won't say here, just in case you think I don't like the president, so I won't say anything. Because people interpret things very differently. (laughs) But I think that a national day of prayer must be proclaimed by the pastors. We, the churches, the church is the light of the world, not the president. With all due respect. You know, so, so when you see pastors and ministers, they are happy and they are going to pray. It's like, you are a man of God. You, God called you. And then you can't declare something that God wants to happen. If somebody who's a Muslim has to declare a day of prayer. And it is so confused that all the religions are praying. I mean, I, I, I have a different opinion. I think that if we're going to have an answer day of prayer, if we have a body that is national, that we can declare a national day of prayer. And it's not going to be, ladies and gentlemen... You, you, you see, I, I, I have grown. I was young. I've grown. I used to follow girls a lot when I was younger. <laughs> I used to follow girls a lot when I was younger, when I was not a Christian. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure if you're a man here, at least you've tried one or two before. Don't, don't look at me funny. You have done some before. <laughs> yeah. No, I... I I am somebody by the grace of God. If I say this is what I want, I go for it. Like I told my guys, we are going to Madia, we are driving. I mean, I, I, mean, I thought, you know, we just drive and come, isn't it? <laughs> but we are here by the grace of God. I mean, whatever, whatever happened, we, we got stuck on one of the hills for two hours. Because a big truck was stuck in the middle of the road. So you have to maneuver. And when you maneuver, the place is so slippery and soft. I got stuck first. And everybody else got stuck after me. <laughs> it's exciting. Our cars have one or two scratches, but it's okay. Yeah, it's for Jesus. It's all right. It's okay. It's not a problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so just as you are cheering me on, God wants a national movement. 
It is not enough to have Madia Ministers Fellowship. It's not enough to have George Sound Ministers Fellowship. It is enough to have a national fellowship. National, national. And I'm telling you, we know what it is to mobilize. One of the, it's in our DNA. One of the things that we don't know to do here is to mobilize people. That's why churches don't get big. And when God brings us to that level, we mobilize from all across the country. We, when we meet at the stadium, they will think it's cricket they are playing. Yeah. Big. Because we can't serve the God we serve and do things that are so little and so insignificant. It's a shame. It's a shame for churches and pastors to just make a little difference. Not a big difference. Because our God is a big God. How many agree that our God is a very, very big God? Hallelujah. You know, so this is who we are. And um, lately I was sharing the aims and objectives on the platform we have. What's our platform? That's my secretary for the Give Thyself Holy Association. I have about 10 secretaries. How many? I don't even remember how many secretaries I have. That's one of them. She's responsible for the Give Thyself Holy Association. So she's doing the registration. Any extra information, please, you can see her. She will let you know. But one thing that is our aim and our objective, which I want to um, just quickly read to you, because I can't. So if I become part of this um, Give Thyself Holy, what, 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 what is in for me? One of the, what is in for you is not money. It's your ministry. <laughs> I remember many years ago, we, I, I, I organized a match for Jesus 2006 in Georgetown. When we had a meeting, one pastor asked me, what is my budget for the month for Jesus? I said, budget? Budget? What do you mean by budget? If you're working with Jesus, you don't have a budget. If you're working with God, you don't need a budget. God will pay for everything. I mean, the man was very shocked. Because as far as he's concerned, churches don't come together and do much for Jesus without money. Because one guy told me the sound... You need somebody to control the sound. And that person, when you finish, you have to give him something. Who told you that when you control the sound, I have to give you money? Are you not a Christian? Is this a place you get a job or you came to serve God? Are you not a Christian? That when you play a keyboard, it is to the glory of God, I have to give you money? What are you talking about? Yeah. So they were very surprised at how we organized the match. Without a dollar. I didn't spend a dollar. And we had about 5,000 people match. In Georgetown in 2006. Yeah, no money. No money. You see, so a lot of people, the few people who know me, know how we do our things, and some people don't like how we do our things, <laughs> which is also okay. Because you must have, you must have some, a way you do something, isn't it? You can't please everybody. So, one of the aims and objectives we have is to um, assist the churches where possible. In matters of administration, management, ethics, and, and interministerial relationships. Right? Let's just give thyself away. That's what has brought us here in the first place. Now, when we talk about church administration, it's vast. I can't, I can't, good, thank you very much. I can't, I can't do, my, I can't talk so much about it. Just want to go into the word quickly. But you realize that. Um, church management can fall under 12 categories. 12 categories. If you're a minister, church administration can fall under 12 categories. One of them is the legal aspect of church work. People don't know that when you do church work, there's a legal part of it. That God forbid, if this building, if the roof collapses, 
and people die here. Reverend is the first person the police will arrest. This is not prayer. This is not, oh God, why brother Aubrey, oh brother Aubrey, do nothing. No, no, that's, it's not like that. Nobody said, but Pastor Aubrey has done anything. The roof has caved in. People have died in a church. Who is the head of the church? It's a pastor. He's a, we need somebody to blame. And then we take to court. And then if it's not his fault, then he's acquitted. If it's fault, then he'll be punished. So even the law about building codes, because it's not just put everything, things together, and then you have a church. If the building falls now, then you see that laws work. You see how the law will come for you. So when we are building churches, and we are building one church, one, we have a few buildings. We have about what, four, four church buildings around. Um, we have about 26 branches. Um, but the main church that we are building, like the headquarters that I'm talking about, every contractor who comes to do something, we make him sign a document. You make him sign a document. Make him sign a document. That you are coming to do the foundation. That you declare and you attest and you uh, 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 commit that what you are going to do is of the right quality and right standard. That the foundation is not going to cave in on us. Do you agree? Before we give you church money, you have to sign. So that tomorrow, if the building floats like Noah's Ark, <laughs> the people will come and say, what? You see, because church members can say that. You see, the bishop, all the money we're giving for the church building, look some cheap, cheap thing he's going to do. How the building floats away. You will not blame the contractor. It is the pastor you will blame. Yeah, yeah. And so I have to cover myself legally. That's right, that's right. So that when you say it's me, I say, ladies and gentlemen, please, Look, it's not me, it's the contractor. Church, you, you see, we, we, when you do church and you don't get into trouble, it makes you think that, oh, church is quiet, no problem. That if you live, I, I have had people, for example, uh, Clement Rohi, one time um, minister of home affairs, he revoked my, um, my marriage officer's license. Okay, and I took him to, I took him on. I took him on to the ombudsman. And if I had not gotten help, I would have taken him to court. Oh, CCJ, Caribbean Court of Justice. Because I don't understand why he would take or revoke my marriage. You see, that's what I'm saying. That people know us as Lighthouse. And there's all kinds of things out there if you don't know us properly. <laughs> so, I went to the ombudsman um, and then he took up my matter. So he sent a letter to, he sent a letter to uh, the minister on my behalf. The minister responded and gave a reason why he, he revoked or he took away my, uh, my marriage officer's license. Do you know the reason? Can you guess? Guess. I married people that I wasn't supposed to marry. Maybe. Two men. <laughs> No, the man wrote, wrote in black and white that the church I pastor makes a lot of noise in the area. That is why he has taken away my marriage officer's license. <laughs> it is just like saying that the 
the Madia bus driver, he has beaten his child mother and therefore his driver's license has been taken away from him. The Madia bus driver beating his child mother has nothing to do with his driver's license. If our church makes noise, you are the one who is calling it noise. To us, it's not noise. By the way, you see, your, your, your viewpoint depends on your point of view. You say noise, but to us, it's praises, it's worship, it's excitement, it's joy in the house of the Lord. It's not noise. And so we took him the ombudsman told me, he said, Pastor, please don't take this issue anywhere. If you take it anywhere, you disgrace the man. He said, don't worry, we'll get it back. But don't tell nobody because the man has disgraced himself. Because what he has said, it doesn't make sense at all for a big man. And I got my marriage officer's license back. He better give it back to me. <laughs> I know who went to tell him that we make noise in the area. Demons went to tell him that. And I got it back. So, church is just not, come, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. You catch a little fit. Ha, 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 and you feel nice. No, no, there are some legal things when they come, you have to be able to fight. Yes, yes, my brother. There are, and then development. There's another part of church administration. That is Development. I think I even spoke a bit about it. You should know how to design a building. You should know a bit about construction because contractors, they'll tell you, buy 2,000 blocks. And then they only use 1,500. Then the 500 are left in the yard. They say, man, you, you, you could use that for the children's church. You could use that. I told you I want to build a children's church. So in development, you also need to understand that area, even in church administration. What material to use? How to bargain for, for discount? I'm doing a project, and I sent one of my, 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 my guys to buy blocks. When he went, they gave him the blocks. Um, they charged him uh, the cost per block, and then tra- uh, transportation, delivery. So when he came back, he gave me the receipt. I said, we have been buying blocks from this man for how long? Why is he giving me this price? I thought last time we had a different price. And last time he delivered for free. I said, I am going back to the man and I'm going to collect my money. Because there are a lot of block makers all around here who deliver for free and give me discount. I went to the place. I went to open my mouth. And I like opening my mouth. Because I give you money. And then he was even bringing the blocks in the evening when I needed it during the day. So when I went there, I didn't see the man. It was his wife. I said, sweetie, uh, uh, give me back my money. Give, give me back my money. Number one, the price is wrong. Number two, I have never paid delivery. Then he called the husband. The husband said, don't let him go. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Five minutes, the husband was there. He said, man, okay, well, okay, this is your discount and take your delivery money. I'll bring it for free. I said, you better do that. If you don't know, you have to be a contractor as a pastor. You have to learn to be a contractor. To buy steel, to buy cement, this, that. If you, if you go to Gaffos, you have to, be, oh, discount. You say it's a church. Discount, discount, discount. Otherwise, the little church money you have, you can't do much with it. Yeah, when I ask for discount, people look at you like you, you some, something wrong with you or something. No, it's church money. You have to know how to manage church money. 
It's God's money. So in development, you even have to understand that part as well. And then the third part, which I will end with that, there are about 12 sections. The third part is the income and expenditure part. Income and expenditure. It's an administration. So when I say I have 10 secretaries, it's not like I want, I, I just, no, 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 that's a lot of things to do. Income, expenditure. You have to learn to have income because God has given you a ministry. You need an influx of money. And then the spending of the money also has to be wise. And has to happen without fraud and thieving and all them things. You'll be surprised how many people thief money in the church. You'll be very surprised. <laughs> I'm telling you. You'll be surprised how... The, the, let me tell you. When I was... We had a session on the East Bank, outreach on the East Bank. And I was teaching about offerings, how to increase your, improve your offerings. One pastor, one of our members, Apostle... Uh, um, Apostle June, after the service, you asked him to come and uh, close us in prayer. He, could not, he couldn't pray without making a comment. He said, what Bishop is saying is true. He said, there's this guy who helps uh, um, count their money after service. He said, the guy wears long sleeves. And as he's counting, he's pushing the money inside his sleeves. Like that. He said, just a week or so or something like that, they discovered. Hey, there are thieves in the church, oh. Sleeves. <laughs> yeah. You see the ladies that we appoint to count the money? Hey. You'd be surprised where they get their weekly uh, rushing money from. You'd be surprised. <laughs> the hair money, the wig, wig money, the nails money is from the offering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we have had that in our church. You see, when I go around in our country, I see that we are very nice people. Our church, what we use for the offering, you can't put your hand inside, you can only put your hands inside to drop, you can't pick up. It's high tech, even that. There's one way, there's no two ways, so you only drop it. <laughs> but when you go around, we see how. In our churches, we are very nice, we are very kind. We trust, we trust the people in the church. So we don't believe that anything bad will happen. But we have had experiences, so experiences um, um, teaches you. We have had to put cameras in the room that people count our monies, the church money. And we have caught people after people, persons after persons. As they were talking, the bag is there, pushing money into their bag. You'd be surprised. Devils come to church too, you know. Uh, don't think everybody there is a Christian. <laughs> Not all men have faith. And so when it comes to income, you should see how the world, like Roger Hines, I don't think you'll see his money easily. If Roger Hines is collecting money at the supermarket, I'm sure there are security people there. But in the church, you don't have security people over our money. It's free. I went to a place, I took offering. Offering. I mean, a lot of money. I, I, I don't even remember. When I finished, the, the, the offering bowl was right in front. And then we are all sitting there. After church, everybody was just moving around freely. And my heart was beating fast. I said, eh. It's because 
I couldn't go and take it because you know you're a visiting pastor, you can't do so certain things, right? But I was watching. I have all my sweat asking people to give offering. And then when we finish, the money's just in the bowl right there. Nobody care. That's how many churches don't have money. That's how many churches don't have money. I am full-time. The church has paid me since 2005. There's never a month that I don't have a salary. And I have a good salary. Yeah, I work for God, so I must have a good salary. <laughs> There's not a day that I, I, I go home and I told my wife, sweetie, what are we going to eat today? No tights, no offering, girl. How are you going to do your hair? I wig. How are you going to get I wig? No, 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 no. <laughs> I have never had any issue. Every month, religiously, I get my salary. Even now, if I stop preaching, all these people are pastors with branches. I can sit down and their offerings will come. I, can, I get a salary from it. I have a church in Letem. I have a church in Bartica. I have a church in uh, Sequibo. I have a church in Linden. I have a church in Berbis. I have a church in Georgetown, East Bank, East Coast, West Coast, West Bank. I have churches by the grace of God. Suriname. Uh, we started a church in Brazil very soon. I don't have to. I, have to, I can I just sit down and collect money. That's a good businessman. <laughs> That's a good businessman. That he runs an organization. He doesn't have to do much. He just sits down and counts the money. That's a successful businessman. <laughs> Think about it. There's not a single man that I have not had a salary. I don't do any business. I don't tell God, God, you know what? Let me do something and help you because you can't take care of me. So this month, let me do a little runnings and then, you know, well, the church give me, I'm going to add a little bit, right? God, you don't worry yourself. I'll go help you. I don't have that. I depend on God fully. And God has prospered and blessed me. I mean, I can't tell you because of divine protocol, because of the people I brought, I can't tell you. If I had not brought them, I would have told you. Our income for the month. I'm telling you, in the pandemic, we still have. In the pandemic, I never lost an off. I never lost salary, because even during the pandemic, we were having services in people's homes all over. Your home, five people here, five people there, five people here, five people here, like that. Five people, five people. Because in the pandemic, Gafos was opened fully. Even on Sundays, they were open. Why should I close my church in the pandemic? So five people, five people like that. We bring it together. 200, 300 people came to church the Sunday. Offerings and tithe. You have to know administratively as a pastor. You have to know how your income works. Many pastors don't even know how much income comes in at the end of the month. If you're a good businessman, you know how much money is coming in. Yeah, and then your, your prosperity or your riches depends on how you spend money. Many people think that when you get more money, then you're going to be rich. No. It is how much you expend as against your income that determines your, your, your wealth. Yeah. So, so you have to also make sure that you don't, you don't just give money just like that. So our church, I, I encourage the people, when you so say, oh, Bishop, we need um, uh, gas for the generator. I say, ah, you can't buy gas for the generator? God will bless you if you buy a gas. It saves me money. As we are coming here, everybody pay, everybody's paying for themselves. 
I'm the only one who is officially being taken care of. All the 17 people, this man, he works in town. He pay his own passage for come. He can't tell me I should pay his passage for him. Give thyself holy. We are baby. Give thyself holy. And this one is not even shepherd house or lighthouse. This is give thyself holy. And he's not even a member of give thyself holy. Why should I spend money on him? (laughs) Ask yourself. He's not even a member. He's just a supporter. Why should I spend money on a supporter and not a member? Even though he's a member, I'm not spending money on him. (laughs) Because give thyself only is a small organization. As we are traveling, it's a lot of money. You go to places, you see that, ah, this, that, that, that. We go, we try and do all kinds of things. And so we need the, the dues, which is just 5000 a year. And we need the offerings from the outreaches to kind of build momentum to be able to, you know, uh, fund the things we are doing. Because if we also don't understand how the money comes in, we are going to be there. Because I don't have... My personal money takes care of my wife and children. My church, which is Shepherd House, or Lighthouse if you want, the money there is doing what Lighthouse is doing. Then give thyself only also. It's a different account. Which she is the one who manages all the money. She's a sweetie. She's the one who manages all the money. You can't ask. We need permission for her to release money. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't just... She, she just don't, you don't share the money. So all the people who have come with me, some are members of Give Thyself, some are supporters, not a dollar the Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association is spending on them. I have raised them, I have trained them to love God and to spend their money for God and to sacrifice, give themselves completely without expecting money from anybody. That's not how the church works. So if you're going to run a church and you are going to spend money on keyboardists, as these two people are here, you're the one. You're the one putting these things up. Ah, how much are you charging me after church? 50,000. What? Okay. This one is what? Making the sound. He also is collecting 50. It's hey. Then the fancy girl sitting there in front of the keyboard. He says, Bishop, how many girls play keyboard? I play keyboard nice. He said, you, I'll take a lot. Of, I'll take 20,000. He said, hey. Then the lady who came to sing, said, every song is 5,000. <laughs> MC, the MC just said, you see, he said, he said, Bishop, MC, you talk out, all your saliva gets dry. So something to drink, just 20,000 just to. You realize that at the end of the program, I even owe them. Then they'll go out and say, that man, don't already. No, 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 Bishop, Bishop, who? No, already. No, already. You owe me money. You, you see, I owe them money. And when you hear that, they say, I owe them money. You think that they gave me some money and I have not paid it back. <laughs> if you understand. Like that. And so they go around and they say, no, that man, that church, no, 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 no. He get money for you. He, he doesn't want to give it. He has money for you. He doesn't want to give it. Meanwhile, I am entertaining the, the, the almost like a useless, useless giving away of, the, of God's money. It's administration. So a pastor is not, thank you very much. A pastor, the part that you come and say, praise the Lord. John chapter 3 verse 16. Hallelujah. And then you hold the mic to your mouth like that. Say, God is going to help you. God is going to. That's, that's just a percentage of your ministry. One percent of your ministry. 
And you're going to use that to, to all your vocal cords are going to go away. Fatal, you are sweating. I sweat, but not the way that people sweat. God, God. If that's what you're expecting, I beg you, that's, that's not how I preach. I don't pray. I, I'm even amazed how people shout when they are preaching. No, 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 no. Please, please relax. God is not like that. Though. God doesn't behave like that. <laughs> cool down. Cool down. Cool down. Cool down. The Bible said. <laughs> the Bible said Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves. He, he, he didn't. He just. He just. He said, "Peace, be still." There's no shout. The shouting doesn't carry power. Power is not in shouting. All right, I was talking about administration. Let me not go so much. <laughs> so that is some of the things that we can offer you. And so please, if you're interested as a minister, a pastor here, your, yourself, your assistant, please, you see Sister Trevisia after the first session and um, she'll register you and you'll be a blessing. One of the things that we go around uh, promoting a lot is books, books, books. Ministry, you need, you need help. I mean, let me tell you, if you're going to do well in ministry, everybody needs help. I need help. You need help. And we come from a background of 4,000 churches in over 100 countries. Right? The founder of our church, who is here, my father in the ministry, um, Bishop Dagwood Mills, he started this, our church, in Ghana, West Africa, when he was in medical school. And from that time till now, we have churches in over 100 countries. Please, I always say to my Guyanese brothers and sisters when I have the chance, I said, you should learn to analyze things. And so when I mentioned Kester Dean's name, then somebody said, I'm insulting him. Somebody said, ah, recently I used him as an example. Somebody went to listen to my message. They cut the part, just the part I mentioned his name. They sent it to him and he put it on Facebook. And everybody on Facebook is insulting me. Oh, he's a cross. He said this. He said cross bonds. He said this. He's this. He's that. Everybody was insulting me. I don't, it's not a problem. But I'm saying that all the people who are there doing that, they are a sign of what I was talking about. Because if nobody is even saying that, oh, but what the man is saying, maybe you should analyze it or talk to him and see. Why is everybody saying, if, uh, you see, <laughs> when they came and they said they wanted to stone the woman, Jesus didn't say that. Oh, go ahead. Oh. Jesus said, ah, so anybody who has not done anything before, let him be the first one. He, Jesus brought in a certain mind. So what is the man, man trying to say? What I was trying to say, simply, is that. You know, church is so difficult. And we have to learn to do church well. You have to analyze things. If you see this nice building here, I know Reverend Aubrey is not from, it's not, uh, it's not from Madia originally. I think when I asked Brown Iger, he said, you're not from, you know, Madia originally. Well, and I came back. It's, 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 I was asking my pastor, I, said, I was saying that, how, what do you think, if you were me, and you have a branch in Madia, how often will you visit the church? I mean, you come once, maybe you come in, you come in by air, and then you come and do, you know, oversee a big shot. General superintendent. Aubrey, good work, good work, good work, good work. And then you go. 
If you have a church and you really love God, you should come here at least every quarter. Yes, the visit is very important. That's why Jesus visited us on earth for 33 years. You know, so a lot of analysis doesn't go into ministry when, when, when people are talking. To see this here, the last time I came, a lot has changed. Eight years. A lot has changed. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I can't wait. Look, I'm sure, I'm sure Reverend Skid has some fancy thing here in mind. People don't appreciate the things that men of God do. They like show. So I was saying that somebody like Kester, who is on Facebook, he has a, a Sunday morning program. He calls it Bashment Church. I was saying that if you look for the meaning of bashment, it's a very dirty word. Then he has combined it with church. And then hundreds and hundreds of people are behind him, supporting. I'm saying that, you see, there are, there are things too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm saying that there are people who are sitting in places on the same spot, same town, in Madia for years doing church. They must be appreciated more than these radio people who have, they don't have time for even one soul. It is in that context I mentioned his name. I'm a bad man on Facebook, which is okay. Because <laughs> otherwise you can't say your opinion. If you're very opinionated, you won't have a lot of friends. And a lot of people don't say their minds. Two pastors called me and said, I should call him. I asked myself, you, you are passed me to call me. Why don't you call him to call me? Who is who? Or because he has a name around, so I should go and I should go and bow down before him. I beg you. You see him like that. I don't see him like that. Because when you put the Bible there, people who are here, Madia, the areas, some of the names I don't even know where you are doing church work, people, 10 people, 15 people, that work is more hard than Facebook or radio thing you are doing with a name. And when I say it, they say, oh, you don't like it. Somebody doesn't like you. He says something bad about you. Then people cut, they cut the preaching and they go and give it to him. It's like, I hate him or how can I, how can I hate somebody? We are doing analysis of church. If you're serious about ministry, you do ministry in a certain way. And there's another guy, Sean Sobers. Sean is my friend. He is into music, but he has a church. He has a four, he has four walls. So with all his music on TV and all that, he has a church. Jesus said, I will build my church. How do you build your church if you don't have physical members? Do not forsake the assembly of yourself together. On radio? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Where is the house of the Lord if you are going to do radio church? We are, talk, we are talking about Bible and how to interpret it and practice it. Then you say we don't like somebody. You have to analyze the thing well. People jump into conclusions without the word of God. You know, so we have books. We brought books a lot of books. So my father in the ministry has written books in how many languages? Over 50 languages that has been translated into. I think about 50 million books published. Many, many, many books. And that is also something that we make available to give thyself for those who are interested. So this is a, a library of 40 books. Macarius Library, 40 books. Um, very, very cheap. It's, it's, not even, it's not even the cost. 
It's not a cost. Because how much do you sell 40 books? 40,000? One is 1,000. 40,000? I don't know. How much is it? 15? It's 15,000. So one is not even 1,000. And if you were to get this, I tell you, sit down somewhere and read it and practice it. Read it and practice it. Your church should be something else. And that's what, that's what we are for. So this is part of the help that we have for ministries. There's a book here called The Model Marriage Book. I love this because Guyana, family is a very important thing. As much as family is not perfect, we emphasize a lot on family, which is okay. <laughs> That's what Jesus didn't marry. My bishop said, we didn't, we didn't learn it earlier. If we had learned it earlier, we should have also been like Jesus. Who did not marry? <laughs> because you look at it. God himself became a man. And one of his greatest decisions was not to marry a woman. Think about it. I'm married for 27 years. It's not like I don't have a wife. I have a wife, 27 years. But Jesus did not marry. Was Jesus not smart? Was he not wise? There must have been something, a reason why he didn't marry. And if, if there's a reason, then it's the reason we need to also understand. I don't know whether we can do it, but at least. <laughs> Can you imagine when Jesus was going to die on the cross and his wife was there? You know what the wife would say? Oh, Jesus. Why are you doing me so? Who can look after me? You love these people more than me. <laughs> now, anybody who's married knows a woman. You know how women are. I'm telling you. <laughs> I teach my church. I tell my church. I said, those who have child fathers, they don't know. I say, you know what? When you get a chance, you must talk to your father. He is the only one who knows the reason why he didn't marry you, mother. Don't worry what your mother tell you. Don't worry what your mother tell you. Build, ask the father. Build a closer relationship with your father. Your father knows everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, many, many of those they don't have relationships with their father. I said, no, no, no you have to. You have to get a relationship with your father and learn. And learn. Your father is not stupid. Like, like your mother makes him look like. <laughs> He's a bad man? No. No, no, no. Don't do that. He's Satan. He's, a, he's something. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Big people know why they don't marry or they are, they are not together. A child, you will not understand. So don't let one big person tell you something to make up a mind against the other big person. It's two big people problem. Don't put yourself inside. There's a reason why daddy didn't marry mommy. Or mommy didn't marry daddy. But you should talk to them and learn, learn in life. What do you think? But there's a book for marriage, modern marriage. Beautiful. Eight years ago we came, I think we, we brought some as well. Um, when you're interested, we believe as a church that Marriage is God-ordained. All right? And anything that is God, you have to, you have to handle it very carefully. And, and the lack of carefulness about marriage is what has made a lot of marriages not work or are not how God wants it to be. Because God is the one who put a man and a woman together. It's not the world. The way people marry, the way people approach marriage, that's not how it's supposed to be. 
It's all based on scripture. Now, one of the things that I, I, I tell my young people is that I don't believe it is a right thing for a woman to tell a man, I like you. I have a scripture for that. <laughs> well, well, you see, there are pastors here. They're giving me the scripture. A woman must be found by being a woman. In fact, the Bible says, he who finds a wife. But remember, it is only when you marry that you are called a wife. So ask yourself, why is the Bible calling you a wife when you are not yet married? It's because you have positioned yourself in a way that all you need is just the ring and the ceremony. Everything about you is a complete woman. You can't cook, you want a man. You'll kill the man. <laughs> so there's so many things we have in here concerning marriage, financing marriage. How do we, how do we manage money? One of the things that we... Is I love when my church members find it difficult. And because of them... I've become a little flexible. But the Bible is the Bible. The man is the head. You get it? Which means that the man is the head of everything in the house, including the woman's money. Look, I got some eye right there. I got some eye right there. I like the eye. I like the eye. I like it when the woman, woman reacts. Mm. Because that is the case as it is now. Because the woman says, what, me money? Nah. Me give you no mommy money. <laughs> now, now, you look at it. Somebody who's a CEO of a company doesn't know what is happening in the finance department. The finance manager says that the CEO doesn't have any business in the finance of the company. What, what, kind, of, what, kind, of, what kind of organization is that? I'm saying that if you love him so much to enter the chamber with him and take off everything you have put on wig I wig your dentures your, your false teeth take off your clothes take off your brassiere take off your tights take off your whatever for him to be in the chamber with you you, you can't trust him with your money. Something wrong. Something wrong. Something wrong. Because <laughs> I think that uh, the chamber is more serious than the money. Yes, I, I think that to take off your wig, your eye wig, even your false lip, everything that is false, to take all of that for a man, booty pop, there's something called booty pop, to take it off for the man to see you naked like a banana. Then he controlling your money is difficult for you? I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. I think that the bedroom things are very intimate. They are very private. To the extent that the person that you allow should be somebody you fully trust. If you can't give that person oversight over your money... The money is a god. Money is something to you, I'm telling you. There's something, something wrong with it. But when I say this, most of the women in the congregation don't agree with me. So I, I don't say it a lot. <laughs> but in my house, I control all the money. Because I'm a leader in my house. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there can be no rebel in my house. There can be no rebel or freedom fighters in my house. <laughs> There's nothing like that. Everybody, <laughs> everybody is, is obedient and submissive, including where the money is concerned. Yeah. In my house, there's nothing like I'm tired. Especially in the night. Thank you very much. <laughs> the night shift. Yeah. This book will be a blessing to you. We go through this completely in our church before we officiate marriages. It's a lot of information. The temperaments of people. People are very different. You have to learn to accept people the way they are. Sometimes you compare. Oh, that husband is not like that. That wife is not like that. People are, God didn't create everybody the same way. And so what you get is what you should accept and, and flow. You get it. All of that is in here. It will be a blessing to you. Give thyself holy. We have books to bless your life and ministry. And this we use in our marriage counseling sessions. All right? We have lay people in the ministry right here. Have lay people, laymen, we have to learn to use a lot of volunteers in the church. Because otherwise, you see that a lot of work will be on the pastor and his wife. A lot of work will be on the pastor and his wife. You go to several places, there's a pastor who opens the door. I've seen pastors who are even playing keyboard when the service is going on. It's because we have not learned to tap into the volunteering ability of the people. God never calls you and doesn't give you help. When he called Moses, he gave him Aaron. That when Aaron, when Aaron, when Aaron was even there and everything, then Jethro, Jethro, who is Moses' father-in-law, came to visit and gave him an idea. He said, choose people who are able and, and you deal with a serious business and let them do, deal with the little, little ones. Because when Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came to see how he was judging Israel, he said, Charlie, from morning, since I came here, you have not even come to say hello to me. From morning to night, is this business after business, this matter after this matter, so many things you are dealing with. He says, you will die, Moses. Delegate. Let others also be part of what you are doing. In the same way, God told him in Numbers 11, from 16 and 17, he said, you know what, Moses was complaining that the work was too much for him. God told him to select 70 people. Do, do you understand? So, the ministry work, you need people to help you. If I was coming to Madia alone, I don't think it would even be nice. The niceness of a thing is even the fact that I have three other vehicles following, coming behind me. I have people in my vehicle who are gaffing, laughing, talking, joking, teasing, you know, there's a particular... A, a, a person in the car, when you go through the holes, the person is just, <laughs> and they will laugh. So anytime I'm going through a hole, everybody's looking at the person, you know? It's like, it's fun in the car as we are driving. If I don't have volunteers, these people will not leave. I have, this young lady here is a teacher. I hope she gave the student's assignment before she joined me. But <laughs> she has taken the time off and then she has come with a volunteer. She's not being paid. She has been in the church since she was 11 years old. Isn't it? How long have you been in the church? 16 years. 16 years. Then this other person, this little girl here who is playing the keyboard, 
who is just about to get married. She, when she joined a church, she, she didn't have any chest. She, she, she had chest. Only chest she had. 11 years, grade 6, she joined the church. She's now, she's finished university. She's doing her postgraduate. She's a teacher. And she's a pastor. She plays keyboard. 11 years old when she joined the church. They're all volunteering. It's volunteering. Your own money, your own time, your own resources. Otherwise, your ministry will be a small one. Small one. God bless you. I have a pastor. I buy things from online. I just go online. I just go to, I say, I like this. I press pay. I pay. Then I just close my eyes. Five days later, one week later, I hear a knock on my door. The thing from America is right there in my house. I have a pastor who helps me do those things. You need volunteers. And volunteers are called lay people. Lay people. It's, It's a concept that you need to have in your church. So that the people you have running the church, running the ministry, are people who are not paid. Otherwise, even the cleaner, you have to pay the cleaner. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's the uh, reverend's wife who will not have to wake up in the morning and the children will have to come and sweep and mop. And then you will come in and sit down and mash up the place, bring mud here and dirty the place again. We need lay people, volunteers, to help in the church work. It's a blessing to have that. Hallelujah. Are you there? Yeah, here. This is a book that I think everybody likes. Demons and how to deal with them. As for demons, we want to deal with them properly. Yeah, when, when, you see, when you see a demon, you have to deal with a demon properly. Don't, don't joke with a demon. Yeah, deal with a demon properly. You get it. <laughs> properly. Where I used to pastor in Georgetown, East La Penitence, there's a woman behind the building. She has demons. All our problems, the police coming, police coming, a ministry of social services, uh, 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 what, summoned me to come to their office. When I went there, they said, they've got complaints that I, we beat people in the church. Ministry of human services, those days. I mean, if you hear that the ministry has, 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 has summoned me to the office, you think I'm a bad person. But all I went to hear is that the neighbors are saying that we beat people in the church. Ladies and gentlemen, why is it because I'm from Africa? That our church is different? That we beat people in African church? There's nothing like African church unless you're Obia. Obia is Africa. Our church is a very international church. I'm speaking English. I'm not speaking my language. You see, you are lost. Because I can't use the language. <laughs> so it's not African church. You are speaking English. How can you speak English and somebody says African church? It's because I'm an African. So the whole church has become my nationality. What, what, what kind of thinking is that? But that's what people think. Oh, the African church. They ask the person, what is African about it? Oh, the pastor is from Africa. Oh, that's the whole thing that makes the church African. Can I just say this is a Madia church? What is a Madia church? <laughs> There's a lot of gold on the floor when you come. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you call Madia church. This is a church of God. Yes. Madia church. Oh, don't worry about Madia church people. What is Madia church? Yeah. Churches be here, you know. So demons, you have to know how to deal with them and 
Some demons, you have to slap them. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let me do this and then uh, we'll move on. Tithing. Tithing. When it comes to the income part, I was talking about administrating of the church. Income. 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 This is one of the major income sources of the church. Which is also a way that God has established to bless his people. If you are part of a church, you don't even have to give an offering. Pay your tithe. Because as for offering, you can have or you don't have. Are you listening to me? As for offering, it is God loves a cheerful giver. So if you are not cheerful, you don't give. He will not do anything to you. Because when you give, it comes back to you. So if you don't want anything to come back to you, you don't give. It's as simple as that. But when it comes to tithing, it's a covenant. It's an agreement. And you have to fulfill your part of the agreement. God says that the tithe is mine. So when you get your increase, the tithe is not yours. It's different from the offering. So when you get your increase, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of thy increase, thine increase. Anytime you are increased, a tenth of it belongs to God. So when you are, if you're a dredge owner, can you imagine a dredge owner bringing your tithe to light of the lost assemblies of God church? Hey! We'll put big chandelier here. I tell you. But you are, you're a dredge owner, you're a pork knocker, but it's only our friend you give. Only our friend use give. I tell you, God says you're a thief. Because he said, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me in tithes and in offerings. So as for offering, as you are here, you're going to take offering. You can give or you cannot give. But Sunday mornings here in this church, as a member, your tithe is not optional. It is not optional. If you like, don't give it. There is somebody called a devourer. There's somebody called a destroyer. God says that if you don't give it, I'll leave them alone. But if you pay your tithe, I will rebuke them for your sake. So tithing is not something you joke with at all as a, a, a church person. And pastors should be bold enough to talk about tithe. I'm, I'm not ashamed to talk, to talk about money because we need money as a, as a church to do things. You get it? So pastors, get this. What we do is that we preach from the book. In fact, there's so much information that I'm not ashamed to take this book and preach from it. So twice a year, I teach on tithe. Twice a year, I teach on tithe. And you will see the behavior of the people. When you monitor your income, when you monitor the income, when you preach about tithe, you see that the number of people pay tithe, it goes up. Then, after a month or two, the number comes down. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you recall. So, what I do in our church is that the number of tithe payers in the church, we, we, we monitor. So I know from my church how many persons pay tithe. It's, it's a good number to know. And then I collect the, num- the, the names of the people 
And then those who don't pay, I have meetings with them on a Sunday. Sunday, I don't go home at lunchtime to go and spend time with my family. My family is a church family. So Sunday after church, I said, brother, hold on. I want to meet you. Or my secretary will go and tell, brother, bishop wants to meet you. Sister, bishop wants to meet you. Uh, pastor, bishop wants to meet you. I have a lot of people I'm meeting. Every one of them, I'm going to talk to them about their tithe. Sometimes when you talk about tithe, it ends up in something in the house. One hour, two hours. Oh, you finish the second person. My Sunday is fully booked. This is the income of the church. Let us not play with it. If you play with it, the church will be rich. Hallelujah. Let me not end this uh, second part without talking about faithfulness in the church. Loyalty and disloyalty. Let me tell you, we can't build a church without faithful members. I say faithful members, people who have been here for years, 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 years. You've been in this church for 50, as long as this church has been in existence, you are, in fact, if we take the pastor and his wife, you are the next person, you will be here long. I'm not talking about somebody who wants to control people because you've been here for a long time. That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) The longer you've been here, even the more humble you should be. Because sometimes people use that to control the pastor. We are the long-standing members and we are speaking. So we should stop everything and listen to you. We can't do that. But faithfulness, faithfulness is required. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2 that moreover it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. You cannot be in a church and the next year you leave the church and join another church. If you, are, if, if you do that, you are, you are a church dangle. You got enough church. You got enough man. You can't stay with one man. You can't stay with one woman. You got a problem. One church. Unless the impossible happens, then maybe in your lifetime you move on. If you look at our grandmothers and our mothers, they join only one church for the rest of their lives. Is there anybody like that? You have your grandmother or your mother. She went to the Anglican church all her life. Anybody like that? Catholic church? They don't change. They don't change. No matter the Holy Ghost that comes, no matter the fire, they are good in their own church. They are going to women's fellowship. They are going to do cooking something. They are doing this something. They are in the church for life. It is the Pentecostals, the Evangelicals, the Charismatics with the Holy Ghost that makes us jump around a lot. We jump around. We jump around. Jump around churches. Today you are in Brother Aaron's church and next day you are in Brother Aubrey's church. And then you are moving on. All over the place. Sit at one place. You got problems with your bum bum? Sit down in one place. Stay in one place. Because what happens is that sometimes you make us pastors even fight unnecessarily. Because if I, if I see a church member of mine in, in, in Pastor Aaron's church, I, I wonder what them people they are born. They stick people, church members like that. You, 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 you bring things that, and so stay. If you want to leave, go and see the pastor. Discuss it. Why are you leaving? Is there a problem? Can we fix the problem? Every problem has a solution. And then, oh, if there's a problem, then let's fix it. Because we want you to stay. This is where God planted you. Then we solve the problem. Then you stay. I vex. I go into another church. 
Every Sunday, money, money for project, money for project. I don't, I go, I go. That's not how you leave church. Is that how you leave your husband? Your wife that you love? You just leave her like that, that she's been complaining? The man doesn't give you money anymore, so you've left the man? Going for another man? So how many men are you going to change in your life? You can't do that. Just as you can't do that in a relationship. In the church also, it's a relationship. Because when you come into our lives, I'm a pastor. When you come into my life, it's a long-term relationship. I'm sad about all the people who have left the church. Because the intention is not to part company. That's not the intention. That's why I'm giving you examples. There's nobody here who came with me who has been in the church for less than 10 years. And it tells you something. It tells you something. If I was a bad person, people would stay with me for 12 years, 15 years, 17 years. This man here, he is from Ghana. He's the only Ghanaian in my church, apart from myself and my wife. Himself and his wife. He used to live in the UK, working in the UK. He came to help me in the mission, he, 2007. 15 years. 15 years he's been here. He came from the UK to live here to help me. That's what you do. Faithfulness. Yes, yes, yes. So when we talk about you, we should look at the number of years you have been in the church you are. Because, oh, yeah, I went to, uh, you know, Pastor Ski Church for two years, but me like that. Me like them, man. Me like them. I want sisters who me like them. So I moved to this. No, you don't do that. You don't do that. I said, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't just, just change places like that. So when you build a house here, live in it for two years, and then move out. Give the house to somebody, and go and build another house. And every two years, build a house and move. You don't do that. You are so glad that you built a house. You are dying inside the house. Yeah. When it comes to church, it's like we catch fits. I don't know if I'm saying it well. People catch fits in the church. And they just move along. There's no problem. It can't be solved. Even if you've gone to sleep with somebody's wife, it's okay. No problem. Come back. Let's solve it. You just give, give you a few slaps. And then we welcome you back. <laughs> no, we, we don't part. You see, the relationship with Jesus and the disciples, it was forever. It was eternal. But you see, people don't understand church. When they come in, one or two problems, then they go. There is no relationship without problems. Jesus, when he rose up from the dead, he could have told Peter, Peter, you, you, out, out. You say you don't know me. Three times, Peter, at least even wise, I would have, you, Peter, three times. John, please, escort Peter out. Show him the door. Then he comes in, Thomas. Thomas says he doesn't believe. Thomas, you don't believe? Thomas, you, you are a little boy. When I called you to be my disciple, you don't believe me? Please, door out. All of them. In fact, all the disciples will have finished because at the cross, it was only John. Peter, James, Bartholomew, all of them scattered. So when he appeared to them in the, in the, in the, in the upper room, he should have just said, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You call yourself, yeah, you call yourself disciples. Get out of my face. Yeah. He will lose everybody. I said, John, come on. John, come. It's a goodbye. It's a goodbye, John. I only have Jesus and one disciple. <laughs> yeah. So when you have, you see people together, don't, problems? Hey. Problems. 
issues. But it's, it is those who love themselves who stay together in the midst of problems and issues. And the church is like that. <laughs> this is my, 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 my pastor here. Hey, problems. Even he, he almost died two times. At the point, he wanted to even go back. It's not a simple thing. One day he had an accident. He was placed in a cast from here till his chest. He was lying on the bed for about six weeks. Number one, number two, had to do it right there on the bed. Yeah, and he's walking, doing MC and all of that. Problems, he could have easily said, since I came to Guyana to help this church here, I, I don't see me way. I don't see me way. <laughs> he has stayed. And he's prosperous now. Yeah, when I left the building in Georgetown, he's the one there. He's a big man. Yeah, doing miracles in the church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has inherited a big church and a big building. Time. Relationship is time. You don't, you don't leave relationships. And that's what happens. Loyalty. One of the things that Bishop writes here is that you must be fully persuaded. You must be. If you are not persuaded, eh, when situations uh, go bad, you leave, you, you, you check out. And, and it pains me that when I meet people, in my mind, it's for forever. And they are not thinking like that. I have, people, I have pastors who have left the church. I have people who have trained, sent to Africa, Ghana, seminary, three years, bought tickets for them to go, bring them back, feed them, come, start church. Now they've left the church. In my heart, that is not the thing. That's not what Jesus teaches us. But people see things differently. And that is why you need to hear about this message. Loyalty and disloyalty. In other words, faithfulness and unfaithfulness. What do you think? Will you get the books? God will bless you. Put your hands together for the Lord. All right. Amen. All right. So, this final minutes we have. We're trying to um, close this first session at 12. We'll come back at 1. And then do another two hours, two and a half hours, and then we come for the evening. The evening is open to all. So friends, families, Reverend Skitt says it's going to be Holy Ghost. I believe it. Amen. I want to dwell a little bit on this book, how you can make foolproof of your ministry. Remember, um, if I, when I get a chance tomorrow morning, I want to talk about many are called. But many people are called into the ministry. You'll be here and you'll be surprised that you are called into the ministry. So I want to touch on how you can make foolproof of your ministry. How you can make foolproof on your ministry. This is not in the uh, 40 books library. There's another library with 60 books. This is in there. Otherwise, you can get this online. If you go to Amazon Kindle, you can just buy it on your tablet. You can buy it on your phone as well. I have it on my tablet, and I have, I'm blessed to have it physically also. How you can make foolproof of your ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. If you're there. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5. The Bible says, But thou, but watch thou in all things, watch thou 
in all things. Watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Make full proof of your ministry. In other words, God has called many people to work for him. And that is called ministry. And once you have been given ministry, you want to make sure that you do what God has called you to do before you meet him in heaven. Because if you don't do that, what happens is that you will not be a very happy person. There's nothing like going to write an exam that you are not prepared for. You know how it will feel. Number one, you will shake. Before you realize, before they ask you to even come into the hall, you are going to the washroom. Going to the washroom. You've not eaten anything for the morning, but washroom is calling you. Now when you finally get into the hall, you open the paper, and you realize that all the questions, you have no idea. <laughs> what an examination. Now, if you are called into ministry and you don't make full proof of your ministry, you don't fulfill your ministry, it will be like that when you meet God in heaven. Now, I, I don't mind what ministry God has given you in a certain sense. As long as it's, you know, the Bible is our guide. But whatever you believe God has called you to do, do not allow anything to prevent you from making full proof of it. Now, we came to Madia because God spoke to me about give thyself holy. Otherwise, we would have been in Georgetown today eating KFC and Beggar King. Now, once he calls you, remember we're dealing with a God who is a judge. And he's going to judge us according to our works. So you can't have a ministry and not make full proof of it. If God has called you and you are not fulfilling it, we came to warn you. I'm telling you. Because the day will review every man's work, the scripture says. Now, when we're coming, something very interesting happened. And I thought we're the only ones who even noticed it. To us, it was, it was unique. There was a butterfly, a blue and white, and at the point it was a blue and black butterfly that will fly across the vehicles from one of the, from the right bush to the left bush. And we kept seeing a butterfly as we, were, as we were traveling. As we were traveling. We kept seeing it. You see, because when I told my team we are going to visit Madia, we are going to uh, the Reverend Skeet's church. Oh, we can drive. So, there's a road, right? So, we can drive. Why not? We sat in our vehicles and we came. When we turn off from Mabura, when we turn off on the trail, Google got lost. 
My, I was using it. I was trying to compare the, 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 the trip with uh, Google Maps. I mean, the Linden letter was straight. But when we turned off, Google got missing. Google was searching. Google was searching. So I, I said in my car, Madia is not, Madia is, it can't be a town. I'm offended that they call Madia a town. It's, 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 it's sad. Because the fancy police station they, they've given you and the nice concrete road, it's not enough. Oh. They should give you a road from Mabura that's right, that's right. to this place here. That's, right. that's, that's what you call a town. How can this be? A, how can you give us a big police station? What, there's not even road to come to the place. What the police? Who is the police going to control when they, there's no road? It's a very dangerous trail. I swear. I mean, so I'm coming, and maybe I'll, you know the road. We we don't know the road. We drive in Georgetown every day. <laughs> so the butterfly kept kept. I didn't see him again after we entered the trail. I didn't, I didn't notice him again. But the other vehicle said, the butterfly continued with us until we got stuck for the two hours. Blue and black, blue and white, just flies like that. And it was, it was very interesting because it kept coming, it kept flying, kept flying in front, back and forth like that, in and out. Now, when we got stuck, I was the first one who got stuck because I was leading the convoy. You lead by example, isn't it? So this big, huge truck got stuck. And the little piece that you have, oh, Lord, it wasn't working. And uh, we got stuck. We had some help here and there. Bus drivers came. You know, some people, they came. You know, the, I'm sure you know the Madia people. Some people say, no, no, I'm time, I'm time. Woo! Then they go. They say, hey, that's a miracle. They can go and then you can go. And um, at a point, people came, they moved out, some got stuck, they helped themselves. We also helped ourselves here and there, and then they helped us. At the end of the day, was one bus driver that waited for all of our vehicles to, to come through the mud. All the bus drivers, the pickups, everybody, they got time, they're gone. So the bus driver said, we should follow him. So no problem. That's a blessing. If we didn't know it was a blessing <laughs> until we got here. <laughs> Interestingly, the bus is blue and white. And the seat which he had removed, the third row seat, was on top of the bus. It was blue and black. Are you connecting what I'm talking about? So when we took off from where we got stuck, I told the people, I said, do you see the color? I said, that is a butterfly. Uh-huh. This morning, Sister Mary, the young lady from Madia, she told me, it was last night, she said the drivers were telling him he, he's stupidy. Why are he waiting for us to drive with us? They are calling him, they are telling him he's stupid. Because he waited, he was the only one who waited to bring us up here. Yes, only one. And last night I heard that the drivers are calling him stupidity. He's stupid, he's stupid, he's stupid. I said, wow, it's amazing how people are so blind. They can't connect anything. The driver doesn't even know who we are. He doesn't even know who we are. 
I'm sure because they think some ministers or some government or some, or it's the church that has come here. So he was helping pastors, God's people. And God was telling us, I'm going to send you an angel. Look at the color. Look at this color. It's going to be an angel. It's going to take you, take you to my dear. Not these colors. Take note of these colors. And I want to see him before we go back. I want to pray for him. Yeah. The guy was, he was not wearing shirts. He was not wearing slippers. When we get to a point, then it's like, he will stop. Because I was closely behind him. Then some of my drivers, <laughs> who love their cars more than themselves, <laughs> they were lost. <laughs> so he would stop. And then you get down. When I get down, I see him, only pants he wearing. No shirt, no slippers. Where are the rest of them there? Where the rest? I said, they're at the back. He said, man, I tell you, I must follow me. I said, I tell them, that me know why. <laughs> it's amazing, the professor's kid. He brought us. He brought us. I think it was here. He said he was going to the airstrip. So he said, ah, but the lady, she's from Madia. She would take you the rest of the journey. So she became the angel after that. <laughs> he says, she goes, I want to see him again. And then when he arrived at night, they are telling him that he's stupid. Why did he wait for us? Because one of the ladies, I think the ladies, uh, the, one of the ladies at the, at the book table, her father worked somewhere here. She said her father told her, that when you cross the river with a pontoon, there's a big hole. That's all she said. If it wasn't the bus driver, we would have gone into the hole. Because we didn't know that after the, when you cross the river, they take a left turn through a bush. We would, we would never have thought about that. We would have just tried to come straight. Because imagine it's a straight road. But because of the, this mini bus driver, he took us through the bush. Off, 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 off. I mean, of course, we would never have. We would not. Ne- no, eh. I believe that God is with us, but we would never have noticed it. But He sent somebody. He sent somebody for us. It's a big testimony, and to God be all the glory. God be all the glory. Now, just as, and, and, and it really fits into what, what I really God asked me to share about how to make foolproof of your ministry. It's, it's, it's a blue book. It's also a blue book. <laughs> now, you can make foolproof of your ministry also by divine guidance. You get it? We could not, I'm telling you, we could not have come to Madia if God didn't lead us. We didn't tell you know, Reverend Ski this, but he's, he's saying that it's God's timing. And from our experience on the road, I, mean, I, I, I am somebody, I want to do anything. I don't see anything that can prevent me from doing things. We are going to go to Letem another time. Letem is easier because there's no hail. Oh, we will, we will, we will drive like a South Dakota circuit. 200 kilometers per hour. <laughs> this has made me know that Letem that I've been a few times is, is the easiest of all roads. It's straight. But if God had not guided us here, we wouldn't have been able to make it. Our first surprise was when we turned off from Mabura, the first hole. Then another hole, it's a pond. Then a second pond. Then a third pond. They realized that no, 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 no. The place is not a joke. Until we came and we got stuck on the hill. 
That was divine. We, we actually had to get stuck for the, that bus driver to actually come and meet us there. It's all of that is a connection. In the same way, in fact, let me give you another scripture and we take off. Colossians chapter 4 verse 17. In the same way, in the same way, it, you can only fulfill your ministry by the leading of God. See, when God calls you, he leads you and he leads you into fruitfulness. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Thou fulfill it. So, here, 2 Timothy, here in Colossians, you are seeing that when you are given a ministry, there's nothing like you do ministry and then you leave it. First time I encountered a story of a pastor from a, one, a church in Georgetown who had gotten a, a green card and, a, and had left his congregation. I was so shocked. Pastor Moore, I was so shocked. It's like, <laughs> I have a good memory. <laughs> it's like, how can you leave a church because you've gotten a green card? And you've migrated to America. Then somebody who was just an, an, an elder, who had actually wasn't a preacher, now inherits two churches. I think he's still running two churches. Yeah. Pastor Kevin. He preaches out here and he goes to preach. Two churches are now in his care without training, without anything. Because the man of God, that God plays there, got a green card or got a residence and he left. Now, be careful <laughs> when you are given a ministry. It's not just like any and anything. That is why even in our church, as against maybe what others will do in their church, when it comes to ministry, we don't, to an extent, look at, let's say, a pastor who has fallen or a pastor who has divorced. Right? There are many churches that have doctrines that kind of removes people like that. But in our church, we are very, very careful with that. Because you can't disqualify somebody from ministry by something that they have done. Since you are not God. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So if somebody divorces, as much as divorce is not what God wants... We are in an age and time where divorce must happen also to some people. Because we are a group of people who don't appreciate the things that are in the Bible anymore. And so if you forsake these principles, then you are also left to things that happen. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Jesus told Moses, uh, uh, the disciples that when they were asking about uh, divorce and all of that and, and marriage in heaven, Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 19, he said, you know what? He said, it's Moses who gave you the permission to divorce, but in the beginning it wasn't so. And he did that because of your hardened heart. Because let me tell you, there are some people, I have cases in my church, I'm unfortunate. They come to the church, they're in a church, they marry, and then one day the, boy, the husband says they don't want to come to the church again. It's a problem. Husband doesn't come to church, wife comes to church. Then you, you have a difficulty. The wife wants to pull husband out, out of the church or vice versa. And then the person refuses. And they say, okay, I'll divorce you.
So when it comes to preaching and teaching, it's only God who calls. And so the mistake you made, if I am your overseer, I should handle it very carefully. I should separate it from your ministry. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Because if a soldier, the Bible compares Christianity a lot to war and to army. Paul said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If a soldier gets wounded on the battlefield, we don't throw him away. We need more people to fight. So you take the wounded soldier into the hospital. You make sure that you, you recover and bring the person back to life so that they can stand again and fight. You, you can't discharge them from the army because they receive a bullet in their stomach. And therefore, you're a bad soldier. How you could get a bullet at you? Because when you are fighting, you must get some bullets. So I have to say that a bit because when we really look at the letter, the Bible says the letter killeth, but the, the spirit gives life. So when we look at the word in the way of a law and legally, we will kill all our soldiers. We kill all our soldiers. Like I was saying, this Jesus will have only been left with only, only, only uh, uh, John. <laughs> yes. You will go through things because of the cross. Because he says you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross. Sometimes the devil attacks your marriage because of how great your calling is. And when he succeeds, you cannot be held accountable for that. I'm talking about ministry. You see, you see when, you, when, when you're looking for money, whether people die or whatever, you don't care. It's money you want. When Reverend got into the accident, he was working for a guy. He was a salesman. He had gone to sell goods and collected money. He was coming to Georgetown. He got involved in an accident. When we went to the hospital to try and find out and so what's happening... The owner of the business came. The first thing he asked was, where is the money? Where money there? Where money there? We, 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 we were fighting verbally in front of Georgetown Hospital. Because we couldn't believe that the first thing the owner of the business came to ask for is the money and not the, the person who is holding the money. No, we, it was loud in front of Georgetown Hospital. Because when you are focused on something, it's almost like however you get it, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the main thing. If we are focused on ministry, we will not spend time. See, when you don't have ministry, that's why you say, oh, that person is this, that person is that, that person is that. that. Because you're not focused, that's why. If you have an army and you are fighting a battle and they are losing and they are, you are killing them, you will not say, idiot. Why do you allow yourself to be killed? Kill him again. You rather say, Charlie, what's happening? You see Ukraine, the president, ha- they have given up the Azov-style uh, factory just because the situation they are in is so dire that they don't want to they want them to kill them in there. But the information we have is that there are still some guys inside. So the wounded ones, they've allowed them to come out so they can come somewhere, get some medical treatment before you realize they are, they are connecting again to fight. Until the country is liberated. Why are we killing our ministers? Why are we killing our ministers? Now, 
if, if, they are, if they are adults here, I just want to say that something, you see, sex, sex is just like you're, you're, you're urinating. Sex, especially for a man, it, it, <laughs> it is, it is just a physiological process. Women don't understand why men like sex plenty. Because once you bring out whatever is in you, you are right. When you want, that's why there's rape. Because when the person has that need, it must come out. So then the devil twists people's mind and then they force people to. The thing must come out. It's, it's like you want to do number two. Why should I keep it? It must come out. No, you, you. Is he, if, if I'm sure they are adults here. That's why even here you call it horny. I feel horny. Is it horny you call it? Horny, okay. It's like there's a feeling that must be released. It's not everybody who can control it all. Another thing that my pastor has taught us is that you should think there is no animal who has one sex partner. Have you seen a dog that sleeps with only one woman? <laughs> well, I hear there are some Christian dogs like that. <laughs> what, what, what do I mean? What I mean is that we are the only ones who are subject to such a thing by the gospel and by God. It is not our nature. So nature fights that which God has given to us. So it's a battle. So when somebody goes, somebody loses that battle, you can't kill him. Okay, so the dog who came to sex your dog the other day, I went to sex the neighbor's dog, why don't you kill him? <laughs> it's a Muslim dog. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am emphasizing on ministry. That if ministry is our main focus, we will not disqualify people. You will not disqualify people. Just like money. You see how, if you see these dredges, you see how the dredges go? How people bring excavators. People bring excavators from Georgetown to this dangerous place by road. You ask yourself, what's going on? It's morning. And when they bring the excavator, it digs. And sometimes I hear it caves in. What is all that about? It's about money. And they don't stop. That was somebody died and so they've stopped. No. So, but when it comes to ministry, we have not gotten that ministry mindedness so much. Because honestly, if you need a person who's a pastor, if it was your son, you forgive him quietly. If it was your own blood, you forgive him quietly. Yeah. If it's somebody you're not related with, ah, look at, if it's your own blood, you see how we are very, we, uh, human beings, we are, uh, you deal with it differently. And even we ourselves, we are also in the same situations. 
And we don't want people to make us feel bad because we feel bad already. When it comes to ministry, you don't disqualify people. You, you give them chances. Okay, so, for, for, for example, my, my father was saying that if you have a pastor who um, maybe sleeps with a church member one, twice, then, then maybe he's not a pastor for people. You should probably bring him to the office to do office work. <laughs> because the sheep, he can't, the, too, he can't handle the people. But, but you can't disqualify him from the calling of God on his life. So, so you have to maneuver. Okay, maybe because every area is also different. If you're, if you're a pastor in, let's say, Madia, it's different from being a pastor in Georgetown. True? Yeah. So what the issues of a pastor here in Madia, you can't compare that with the issues of a pastor in Georgetown. So let's say, for example, in Madia, let's say it's very easy to have sex with a woman. And if a pastor falls into that, maybe you just move him from Madia and take him to Georgetown without even letting anybody know why he was transferred. It's, oh, by the grace of God, we're doing some great things in Georgetown, and so one pastor Ralph to move to Georgetown. Nobody has to know, because we're, it's ministry we are dealing with. Can you imagine if you were to answer to God why you disgraced one of his servants because he did something wrong to you? Look at David. Look at King David as an example. Look at King David. God made a covenant with him that there will not be any, there will not be, his throne is established forever. There will never lack anybody sitting on the throne of David. Never, never. God, but David was the guy who went to sleep with somebody's wife and killed a man. God didn't change his mind about him. I'm talking about ministry. And if we can handle divine, divine, divine events because that is what leads you to the fulfillment of your ministry divine events like how we came here after so many uh, attempts how we went to Kwani after so many years the butterfly the bus driver the callous if we can really be very sensitive to divine leadings we will get to the fulfillment of our ministry because when God calls you he's the one who leads you He's the one who leads you. Not a human being. Let me tell, not a human being. Not a human being. Let me tell you, John the Baptist, you see, when, 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 um, when I made this comment about Kester and then the two pastors said I should reach out to him, I, I, was, see, I was thinking about it and I was wondering, why, why, why do, would they not even do something else than tell me something like that? You see, we, are, we, are, we have not come into a place where pastors are bold to correct some things. It's like everybody is okay. We want peace. We live in a country where all the three religions, major religions, can walk side by side, be side by side without a problem. We, in fact, the government I hear was saying that Guyana is a, is a model for the world in terms of peace and religion. The light shines in darkness. That's what I know. Light and darkness have not, no relationship with each other. And so, and so when, when we are talking ministry, people should have a certain conviction and a certain strength. That whilst we are gathering people, you can't be... 
Solomon says, I'm inside the daughters of Israel. Jerusalem, don't, don't awaken love until you are ready. Don't, 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 don't awaken people's love when you're not ready for them. You get it? So, if you're not going to go into ministry proper, don't do para-ministry, para-ministry, because you get some donation and help somebody with a bicycle, somebody's in the trouble, and you go, go organize money for them, then you say you are in ministry. Ministry is preaching and teaching. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to what? To preach. Not to give money to people who need money. If I stand on a national platform and I say this, many people will be offended. Because many churches are into feeding the poor, doing this. If I've met a rich man. He says he will never give money to the church. But if the church is going to feed poor people, he will give money. Yeah, I met a rich man who said that. He said money to the church. He would never do that. But if some poor people are there and they are hungry, he will feed them. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so there are divine things that leads you to the fruitfulness of your ministry. Tell Archippus that he should take heed to the ministry which he has received of the Lord. Tell him he should take heed. Tell Archippus he should be very careful. He should be very careful. This ministry that he has, that, you know, during the week, he goes to the dredge, he goes to mine some gold, and then Sunday, he stands there with a the Bible like he's a pastor. He said, this ministry that this guy, he has to be very careful. Take heed. Take heed. Say to Archippus, take heed. This is coming from the apostle, the man of God. He said, take heed. There's a warning. You have a ministry. Be careful about what you're doing with the ministry. Be careful. That's why we have come to Madia because I believe that God is the one who has led us to come here. We've been trying to go to Esikubo. I mean, it's so difficult. I have a pastor friend, a supernam, uh, um, Dean, Raymond Dean. He's my friend. But he's, he's postponed, 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 postponed. I was asking Trivia, ah, but what is so hard about Esikubo? We have a church in Esikubo, even. But to go and do the pastor's outreach, it's like the door is closed. Meanwhile, I know God wants us to go and do an outreach in Esikubo. I've done it to do books, you know, over the years. But this one, we are going to encourage pastors and to, you know, support pastors where we can. It's, it's so difficult. But it's the divine guidance of the Lord that will make these things happen. Are you with me? And so there are a few divine events, which I can't go into all, but I'll give you one or two. Um, get a book if you can. It's all in there. The first divine event that you should be careful about is what um, we call the divine drawing. Divine drawing. Or divine attraction. You are attracted to somebody or you are drawn to somebody in a certain way. In, 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 people have to understand that when you are attracted to somebody, it is not always what people think it's, it's natural. I like you. I like you. It's, 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 it's not all the liking, and even most of the liking, it is divine. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What does the New Living Translation say? Here? 
For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So when one of the, one of the uh, divine events that you should watch very carefully when you are, you've been called into ministry, is the person you are attracted to. Think about it. When our children think that they like something and we force them to leave it, what happens? I am just saying this. I don't know how you receive it, but I'm just saying this to just let you know. There's nothing like disrespecting your husband. Respecting husband and pastors, they are two different things. Right? Even the husband, you not respect him because he's the one who takes off your panties all the time. You not even respect your husband. A man who takes off your panty in the night, like a bandit? How do you respect such a person? It tears it off. I mean... Naturally, as you live together for years, the respect for the husband goes down. So, 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 so I don't know what you are fighting about. I don't know what you are fighting about. <laughs> no, if you, if you, if you, if you understand, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not saying anything wrong about marriage or respecting your husband. Don't go. To, don't see me. I'm not saying that. I'm put into perspective. Ministry and divine drawing. If somebody's drawn to the, David was drawn so much to Jonathan that if it was today, we'll say they are gay. David and Jonathan. If it was today, we'll say that David was a homosexual. Because David and Jonathan, even he said, he said, I love you. When he died, he said, I love you like the what? Is it the love of women or something like that? He said. That's a, 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 that's a statement David made about Jonathan. If it was today, we will say, ah! Uh, gay people in the Bible. And you can, if you want to talk about gay people in the Bible, you can find things to talk about. You can find things. You can say Jesus and maybe John, God forbid. You say Paul and Timothy, there were another one. Paul and Silas, when Paul finished with Silas, then he went to Timothy. You, 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 can, you, you, want, you want to take something out of context? You can say all kinds of things. What I'm saying is that Nobody comes close. He said, Jonathan, very pleasant has that been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How, how do you explain this? David is saying that Jonathan, no, no woman can replace Jonathan in my life. In fact, that is why David didn't even marry one. He was lost. His love for Jonathan was so much that he, women couldn't satisfy him. That's why he had a lot of women. They couldn't. You, you can twist it. But this is in the Bible. He said, the love, thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. Cromwell. The, the wife the would wife say, pastor, pastor, please, I got a problem. You hear what my husband tell me the other day? That he friend love is stronger than the love I have for him. Jojo, are you there? It's a blessing. So, the drawing, John chapter 6 verse 44, the drawing is divine. And sometimes women are drawn to the ministries of men. We had a pastor's conference. A pastor came. I was talking about the seven ministries of a pastor. One of it is the ruling ministry. The, the rod of the pastor, the symbol is to rule. So I was explaining about the ruling. After the service, the, the pastor came to me and said, he said, Bishop, I need help. He says, 
there's a there's a, a lady who does the you know count the money, helps a lot around the church. He said, My wife fights with her all the time. I said, This fight is a very serious fight. Oh. <laughs> the real fight. <laughs> a few days later, I heard the wife was looking for me. The wife was looking for the bishop. He wants to meet the bishop. I told my secretary, please, I don't want to meet any wife. Oh. If the husband wants to meet me, it's okay. I don't want to meet no wife. I don't want no complaints. This is not compl- police complaint authority. This is not police complaint authority. I said, the only person I know is a man of God who came to the conference. Whatever he's going to say at home, whatever he's doing, that is his business. If he wants to meet me, I'll talk to him. Not his wife. I don't know she. She's not in ministry. Uh, the one in ministry is the one I'm dealing with. <laughs> She was calling all over, looking to meet me. I, I, I refused to meet her. I don't want to be, be caught in two, in, in, caught in the middle of... <laughs> in, <laughs> I finished preaching. I finished a conference a long time ago. And we've moved on. So drawing can be divine. If you see the woman, look at the woman. Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, the woman takes spices and they go to a dead body. And if they had found the body, I'm sure they would have been doing it every week. If not every other week or every month. Then you say, ah, they are worshipping the body. How come this Jesus is dead and these three women, what is wrong with these three women and this Jesus' body? The man is even dead. And look at how they go there. When I give my wife money to go to the market, she's, she's shot by, she's shot by ration. And keep some of the money and buy spices and go and apply it on this Jesus' body. Something got to happen in this house here, so. And women were drawn to Jesus deeper than even the men. Because on the cross, as all the men who said they were this, a fisherman and this, this, all of them had run away. It was a woman who were with Jesus crying. And he said, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me. Don't weep for me. It was a woman who were there. So women are drawn even deeper into ministry, a man's ministry than men. How many men are, are in your church? How many men assist you in your church? It's only the women, ladies who come around. But if you don't take care, then somebody says, you and she there. That's the end of the ministry. Some small drawing for somebody to help. Some people are, are putting a question mark on it and making it look so dirty. If you don't follow the divine drawing and listen to people and not be sensitive, you will not fulfill your ministry. And remember, it is very, very critical and crucial to fulfill your ministry. Let's stand to our feet, please. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's Word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.